0: i like to bored. What plaything can you offer me today?
1: An obscure body of the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth.
0: How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Denny on War Rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task... Rick and Denny comb the movies of the earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mungo in what is now called the Hail Mean Power Hour. everybody what's going on it has been a long time we apologize for that but you know what life happens and you get busy not not like we're not getting busy with each other just life gets busy you're getting busy <laughs> having sex <laughs> <laughs> oh so uh you know we apologize we've been away but like we said we've both been incredibly busy but you know what we just dropped each other a line the other day and just said hey Let's do something. So here we are, the beginning of October, and we're going to rock out some Rocktober for you with some movies that we've picked to some degree. Uh, and for you that don't know, if you're just joining us for the first time, I am Rick, and I am nothing without my co-partner over here, the co-captain of the ship, Mr. Danny Bennett. What's up, my brother?
1: Man, that is a, that is, that is a statement that is far from true. I mean, you, you stand alone and... But I'm glad to be with you here in War Rocket Ajax, you know, the two of us together um, perusing the movies of our childhood and our adulthood and all kinds of other hoods and people's <laughs> hoods. And, and, and yeah, just saying, you know what, head. I like this movie or I don't in the case of Milo, you know, that kind of thing. We are here to inform and entertain, hopefully, while we talk about movies that, that we have enjoyed together. Yes,
0: absolutely, and today is no surprise for any of you, really, if you listen to this show, any at all, but uh, uh, one other thing before we get going is, this is bare-knuckled, hell Ming. right? We don't do it, we ain't got the flashy stuff, we ain't got the, I couldn't get any, uh, you know, famous people to come and do synopsis for us, no celebrities, so uh, we're just kind of at a point where, you know what, let's just get together and crank these out. Because
1: we having sex in the hood, y'all. That's right. That's right. We're, uh, what was it? We're getting busy. Getting busy but in the hood. That's that's the thing, is that right now, you know, if you have been with us through this journey until this point, then you're just glad to engage with us. And we're glad to engage with you. We're glad to give you something back. But, you know, we we kind of gave us some bells and whistles early on, some sound effects and some skits and some celebrity <laughs> some celebrities <laughs> and you know we're glad to to be able to to still have an audience and have you guys enjoy just the the manic uh, uh silliness that is me and rick because uh we love it you know it's 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 fun for us too
0: so instantly i'm starting to see the numbers of downloads just drop from the first two minutes of you what do you mean no celebrities what do you mean no no bells and whistles? You mean I'm John Cleese, isn't it? Is no ripped horn? Oh, but you know who is in this? Yeah, I don't uh, either. I don't know anybody in this movie. That's good. Yeah. Fade Alvarez, Fade Alvarez, or Feedy? I don't know what Feedy. he prefers,
1: but you know, I meant to look up the the uh, the pronunciation of his name just so that I had it right, but I didn't get a chance to. But I did watch the movie. For a second and third time since I, since yes. we first saw it, and I think that's more important because yep. we're talking about a feeling here, a feeling with feeling.
0: With feeling. feeling. But what, we, what we are talking about is the 2013 remake of Evil Dead, and what a way to kick off the hol- the Halloween season! Then one more one of our favorite horror movie uh, trilogies by far. Right, right. Uh, and when you talk about remakes a lot of time, you know, we, I tell you what, we really gave a good pass on the Friday the 13th remake, which we both thought was very entertaining. Um, I think it makes a difference when you're not a diehard, gotta-have-every-episode fan of a series. Uh, I've, I've seen all the Friday the 13th. I know Danny has, too. But you're not one of those that just, you know, is a aficionado on everything Friday the 13th and you go and watch the reboot and you're like, okay, I I get it. It works. This is a situation where we are both diehard Evil Dead fans. And yeah. we walked into this remake and I think from my first appearance of it, was I was very impressed with it. So oh. I'm interested to see since we've rewatched it and we, it's been, you know, 20, 20 years, 10 years, I can't add, I'm from Tennessee. So, <laughs> or was that subtraction? I don't know. Maybe a little division. but Maybe a little division, just a little. little. Hey, do you love the fact of when you Google this movie, the first person in the cast that pops up is Bruce Campbell?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm. <laughs> It's like people also searched for, yeah. But
0: <laughs> it's like when you look up cast, it just—I mean, Bruce Campbell's first, and then Jane Levy's
1: second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm—I'm—I might lose some some listeners for us right here, but I don't remember Bruce Campbell being in this one. Like, <laughs> is he? Is he? Does he have a cameo in this? In the very end, after the movie's over,
0: the screen pans, and his face comes on the screen. and He goes groovy, and it goes off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i watched it three times and i you know i think i was like there's nothing after the credits here uh-huh. like honestly after the end game at the end of this movie i couldn't expect more right yeah i mean and and i'm just gonna kick into it and say, I absolutely love this Evil Dead. I love the first ones for the goofy silliness and the horror and the and the fact that it was done on a shoestring budget and then redone. I love everything about the original trilogy. And I love this one, too, yeah. because I can tell that it was done with love and it was done to give credit to and, and fealty to the original. Well, to me, it captures not only are
0: you retelling a classic story and you're you know, tapping into a lot of the classic stuff. But I really think you're getting into where Sam Raimi's mind was as far as turning the horror world on its ear. And just, you know, it, it does it does such a good job of all those standard tropes that are even now are kind of standardized, and none of them work out like they normally do. And you have to stand up and applaud for that because it does those things very well yeah it's it's
1: well, I mean let's just talk about it, it it's it's a great movie yep. like I, one of the first things that i love about it is the whole rehab setup yep. you know mia is there for rehab and she's done this before her friends don't trust her and so you get this whole built-in uh plot device where it, when she starts freaking out rightfully The audience can freak out with her, but her friends don't trust her because she's proven to be unreliable. She's proven to be an addict who's willing to do whatever she can to get out of this process. And so you have this real uh, uh, suspension of disbelief. You know, it's not just a bunch of kids, you know, wanting to party down in a horrifying shack, you know, it's, it's, it's people there for a reason. And when the reason is threatened, they have a legitimate reason right. not to cut and run. It's the the old Rosemary's Baby, you
0: know, mindset, you know, the, the psycho thriller of, is this stuff really happening? Is it just in her head? I mean, we know it's really happening, but to her friend's case and her brother's case, yeah, you know, she's freaked out. She said crazy stuff before. I got to get out of here. We got to leave right now. I mean, she don't talk yeah. that way. That's my interpretation, so... No,
1: no, I, I think think that was that was actually lines from the from the Yeah. When they found all those dead cats in the basement, I mean pfft. Yeah. It's well, time to go.
0: Of course I did the old standard of just uh reasons to watch. And I know we we don't have to, but come on, man. The opening scene. You go and sit in a the theater and you're an Evil Dead fan, and just like if you're a fan of whatever movie you're going to see and it's a sequel or a reboot or whatever you want that one thing that really sets the pace for everything you're about to get into. Man, this opening scene is is way up there for opening scenes for a movie. I love I mean, it. It, it's, <laughs> it is about as intense of anything you're going to witness. And the whole setup of, you know, we're talking about Mia here with the, the drug issue. But yeah. look at what happens at the very beginning with this other person. Who's just wondering? You feel like they're lost in the woods. They've been through something tragic, and you know you got her father down there with you know this spooky witch lady with a book, and they're pouring the gasoline all over. And there's all these people standing around, look like they're from the hills, have eyes. Who are these people? Oh, they're all good people.
1: Really they're all good people. Yeah, they're good people. Yeah, wow. I, I love it because it sets the stage too for what the demons do where they overtake somebody and then they give them back. Right. So that so that the the people involved have to decide whether they're willing to sacrifice their loved ones. Right. And it's like the, the guys like, no, you killed your mother. That's what happened here. And you're not you. And we're going to end this. But the audience isn't along for that ride yet. Right. The audience is still going, oh, these people are murderers, you know, and I absolutely I've got the prologue here, too, because it it sets the stage for what kind of hijinks these demons use to yeah. torture and and to to, uh you know, commit chaotic violence on these these poor people who are trapped in this place. And it, and it does it all kind of like encapsulated at the beginning. So you get an idea of where it's going. And I, I think, it, again, it's masterful. Yeah, I mean that that
0: just right there is is worth watching the movie alone is just to see this opening scene because you're you going to watch from that point on because it is just too in your face
1: you know craziness and wow it is done so well Agreed. And, you know, little things about it too, like the fact that they wrap up the Necronomicon in plastic and barbed wire. Yeah. And they've got like a plastic bottle of oil. It's like, this wasn't that long ago. Right. This wasn't like, you know, 1692. This yeah. was like within 20 years, probably. Yeah, not long ago. And this at is all. just some people living up here in the woods encountering this, this evil. And, doing what they have to do and you know it could be any timeline but there are little things that make you realize it it was it was contemporary
0: right right yeah i mean it could have been in the last two or three years i mean who knows you know so yeah i it's that opening scene is just amazing man so i i agree i love it but yeah the the idea of uh, you know, taking the the sister out and all the friends to to be there by her side, to get her through, you know, r- detoxing, uh, which enough is, is tragic, you know. Uh, but, wow.
1: <laughs> I was going to save this to the end, but what, since we've mentioned it a couple of times, I'm just going to say that, you know, without a knowledge of the previous evil dead and realizing that it's an esoteric force, you know, a timeless evil, you could almost think that this was just a story about addiction because yeah. Mia goes through all this. She hurts her friends. She kills her family. She destroys her whole support network. And then she ends up fighting herself in multiple sure. forms. Absolutely. As this thing overtakes her. And it could really easily be a horrific parable to, you know, just the, the, the dangers or the, the evils or the torture of addiction. Right. It's kind of like Superman and Superman 3, right? Right, where they they put the tar in the kryptonite and right. you know Richard Pryor's there. <laughs> he was in this movie too, right? He's like third billing. I don't know, He's I didn't Clyde. wait till the end. I Apparently everybody shows up at the end. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I'm mad about that. Oh. Uh, all right.
0: Uh how about I don't know if you, if you got notes that you want to.
1: I do, I do. If you want to go to the to the reasons to watch, I'm I'm on board. Hey, you pull one up. It's your turn, man. Okay, well, I'm gonna say the callbacks of the nail gun and the electric knife. Yep. You know, early on, you see a nail gun in use, kind of repairing this this broke down cabin. You know, I guess this guy can't help himself. He's a mechanic. He likes to fix things, and he's nail gunning the door frame. And I'm like, oh, there's a nail gun. That's going to yeah. come out later. And then like not too long after, you know, <laughs> somewhere in the late act one or maybe act two, there's an electric knife that starts the scene and comes through some meat. I'm like, yeah, that's coming back. And, and it's amazing too that,
0: that, that electric knife. If you look at it, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put this together and make sure that I'm right. Mm-hmm. But I think even the color of the knife, the the actual plastic part of it is the same color as the blender in the original when it just jumps to that scene and it makes that sound. So it's almost, they're playing that same part as
1: just a different uh, implement. (laughs) And it is, it's a, it's a love letter. You know, those things just, you know, they, they absolutely are coming back and anybody watching the movie knows they're going to come back. Right. And I love it. You know what we were missing
0: though? We should have had a, the remake or the reboot of the Hills have eyes poster in the basement. I, you know, I was looking for that.
1: (laughs) But I, I get why they didn't do it, but right? I definitely think that it would have been it would have been a a fun callback for right. sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's something I've got in my notes is how many, you know, how many tips of the hats. It's so many nice tip of the hats to all three movies of the original trilogy, believe it or not. There's definitely part two stuff in there, is it's basically part one retold, but there's a lot of the two in there with the hand going bad and all that stuff, except the hand's not doing anything afterwards. But yeah. the whole fact that that girl sitting there doing the, you know, it's like you expect her to start beating herself up like Ash. But, but then also, I got the feelings for part three when her brother goes down to save. Uh, uh, he was going back down there to get her, and they fight yeah. in that water.
1: And I yes. think about
0: man, part three when he's down there in that pit.
1: And he's just getting thrown up against the yeah. wall from yeah. these, these these waylays from the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, Pulls I saw, I that thought stuff. that too. Yeah, of course she did. Well, yeah, it's there.
0: It's there. <laughs> uh I've got how about uh how about the book being such a bigger player in this movie than in the original. I mean, this thing is it's prophetic and it's productive. I mean, it already if they would just flip the pages a little faster, they would know what was going to happen.
1: Yeah, not only does it does it show you the stages of the possession. Uh, in chapter form, but also I love the fact that somebody's gone through and tried to cover up the the dangers and and written warnings over the the passages yeah. because you know obviously somebody who knows the evil of this book is going to do that they're going to try and keep others from making that mistake which are just ignored by by you know and I've got right here Nancy drew the Necronomicon right you got this. <laughs> You know, oh, it's a demon summoning passage and somebody's marked it all out. Well, I'm going to use my 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 (laughs) onion skin Nancy Drew, you know, uh, pencil trick and get the words and then read them out loud. Then later he's going to go, I think I did something. Well, yeah, you did.
0: (laughs) Eric, (laughs) Eric.
1: Uh, That's one thing I did
0: miss. He should he should have still been named Scott. Because I kind of missed Scott. I
1: kind of wanted to call him Scott the whole time.
0: (laughs) Shut up, Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Uh, is, yeah, man, I I just, I, I do like the way the, the the book plays into this. And it also reminds me of what was the movie we did on Movie Flash that kind of, kind of ties into the book. uh Was it Birdemic? I mean,
1: no. What was uh, it? Um, Antrim. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind yeah, of the yeah, same concept, like the, yeah, of the book. Kind of like um, Clerks, where every every stage <laughs> has that little, like, one word, you know, catharsis <laughs> right. is the one I remember. And, you know, it's kind of a, if they use the book. To segue into the next level of the possession, you heard it here first, folks. According to Hell Ming,
0: the new, the newest rendition of Evil Dead is just like Clerks. Just like
1: Clerks, <laughs> Clerks Three, Clerks Three. I'm, I'm excited about it. Oh yeah, I don't know what I feel about it yet. You know, I, I, I like Kevin Smith, and apparently sure. this is kind of a, a, it's an opus from what I hear. Hmm. I haven't seen it. So I can't tell you. Yeah, that's how much of a movie file I am. I want to see it, and I have it because I'm not like the first two. So we'll see. Yeah, I love movie The Olden Calf. (laughs) What you got next, man? Next, I've got the Woods possession scene, which is a throwback to the Woods scene in the was that it's Evil Dead One, where the where the Woods violate a member of the party. And this was very much like it's an unbirthing where this evil finds its way into Mia as she is bound by the woods and it possesses her in a very physical way. And not that I loved it, but I feel like it was a really disturbing and, and appropriate return to that scene without it having kind of some of the problems I, I saw an interview with Sam Raimi where, you know, somebody brought up the, um, the woods scene and he seemed chagrined by it. He was like, you know, it was kind of a youthful fantasy. You know, it wasn't something I ever wanted to happen, but I wanted to put it on film because it was something that they had done in a previous eight millimeter film. and And he, and he did it. And he was like, if I could do it again, I wouldn't. Mm. And I felt like th- this is a way to keep that because it is part of the mythology. Absolutely. But to do it in a way where it wasn't gratuitous, it was frightening and alarming right. in a way that
0: you still yeah, knew it, what it, happened without having to see it. So, yeah, you yeah, know, it, it was. It, it's amazing because in most people's minds, when they think of the first Evil Dead, you know, Nobody ever says, oh, I think I've seen that one. Oh, uh, you got to say, oh, that's the movie with the trees. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for them to take that. And, and again, that's what I like about this version is they're still retelling it. The same thing happens, just in a different way.
1: So, right. And the, the technology, I mean, you got to say that they have, yeah, they have a lot more money. They sure. had a lot more technology than the original. And, mm-hmm. and it shows they did a great job of making it real clean. Um, it's a beautifully filmed, yeah, in you know, a well horror done. film,
0: very well done. So, uh, let's see, you did the wood scene. I will say uh and I kind of brought this up earlier, the whole overall bait and switch with all the characters and the iconic scenes, just like what we're talking about here. Yeah. You still get the context, the majority of it is still in place. It's just happening to different people at different times. Like I said, you got, you know, tip of the hats too two in here with the girl using the electric knife to cut the arm off. Yeah. <clears throat> While Mia's in the basement saying, don't you dare do it, don't you dare do it. Uh, you know, all these things are happening that happened to Ash in the first, but are happening to all these different people at different times. So, right. uh, you know, it was just a, a nice way of again, keeping everything intact, but just telling it in a, in a different way. Most of the time, that's where they kind of lose it when they're doing a remake is they either totally disacknowledge things that whoever did the rewriting of the script just didn't like about it. Or, you know, or sometimes you just say, you know what, we probably can't do it any better than that. Probably just leave it alone. Don't even, you know. So I think the way that they handle it here
1: really works. Yeah, they they, they reimagined it. You know, I, I think that that's, that's the best term for it but it, it wasn't but it's just done a rewrite. yeah it's done smartly though and that that's it, what's it, different yeah it was reimagined it was all the same things but it was like what if we made it more horrifying what if we made it more gritty but yeah i i agree wholeheartedly that, that like i mean it's it's a love letter and and like you know it doesn't hurt that bruce and and rob and and sam were involved well and that's I think that's the key to this, right? Because most of the
0: successful reboots or reimaging or whatever you say, when they get the blessing of the people involved in the original, and there actually is a relationship there,
1: how's that not going to work out for the best? Absolutely, so that that goes right into my next point, which is I kind of love the fact that Mia is Ash. Like, sure, yeah. I mean, and if you can even say, well, they shoehorned it because she was the villain through the majority of it, but that happens to Ash too. Absolutely. You know, he gets possessed and then he kicks it and comes back. And with the help of her brother, she is buried alive and then refibulated with the defibrillator, (laughs) which I love that scene. He looks over at the (laughs) shelf and he sees the chainsaw and then up to the car battery and he makes the defibrillator brings her back to life. And then she is both the antagonist through most of the film doing all this horrible stuff. And then also she ends up being the hero at the end, combating the evil. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to get into that scene because that's you t-
0: You're taking Sister Cheryl and Ash and making them the same person. That's right. Because, But, you know, the Ash is actually, you know, if you pull it from part two, because that's where he does the transformation sure. and stuff. So, where again, they're, they're blending the whole legacy together. And that's that's the beauty of it. Let's 100%. Uh, I've Uh, got... I said, uh, best intervention movie I've ever seen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because if this doesn't kick you from drugs, nothing will. (laughs) Man, I mean, it'll either kick you from it or it'll drive you to it, one or the other.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I thought about that later on. It's like, wow, she's she's really facing her
1: demons here. So, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to have to say just, you know, for shock value, the click razor scene.
0: Yeah. Oh man.
1: Cool. I mean, I just described that to Lois a little while ago. You know what I was saying? Yeah. This movie. Yeah. And she couldn't even listen to me describing it. Yeah. And it's it's just very. And it was in the trailer, if I remember correctly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and it's you know, Mia clicks the click razor, and you know how sharp those things are, and just just licks it. Yeah. To, just to mess with David's girlfriend, and I don't remember her name, like Angela, Angel, something like that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, she doesn't even bring her down to kill her or anything. She just wants to mess with her. Just to torment her. Yep. And that and that click razor definitely does the trick. I mean, yeah. I can't even imagine that being a, you know, and then she says, kiss me, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> A word that only uh Duncan McLeish can
0: say. That's right. It's 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 legal in Scotland. So it's
1: legal. Not legal here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that of course what she tells her brother when he pulls her up and (laughs) once you come on down. I mean it's very kind of uh exorcist language going on here. So referring to their mom as a whore and lots of terrible stuff. You sew socks that smell, you know, that kind of stuff.
1: Oh yeah. We're back to Richard Pryor.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Yo mama.
1: <laughs> oh, what else really, you got? Though, oh, I mean, go I've got two more things and I, I touched on one already with the car battery defibrillator. You know, the, the, uh, the mechanic brother makes a defibrillator out of some syringes yeah. and a car battery to bring his sister back to life. And it seems like it isn't going to work in typical movie fashion until it does. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next thing I've got is, in that final showdown where it's raining blood. Exactly. I yeah. mean, holy Literally cow. Literally raining blood, blood. I mean, I told somebody, I said, this could be the bloodiest movie I've ever seen. The 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 sky. I mean, like, it, it's got all the blood that came out of that well in Army of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> it it rains blood, and you know the the, the ground saturated, and then then uh, then the evil Mia comes out of the ground, and she has to fight her, and that whole showdown. Yeah, all the way to again where she becomes Ash, her and her, and she loses her arm. Yep, and starts that chainsaw. It's yep. th- that is one hundred. That is that is incredible. That whole ending. Yeah, it's it's over the
0: top. I mean. I'm going to feast on your soul. Feast on this. I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and
1: the whole time, the cabin's on fire
0: mm-hmm. in the background, right? Yep. I mean, Which brings up a good point that I, I thought when I watched it again, I was like, you know, she just ripped her arm off. Yeah. She just killed the bad guy. So you probably
1: want to go over there and stick your arm in there and get that cauterized real good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I was watching that with my son, and he uh, he was like, you know, in movies, they often – Don't mention how much blood you lose. And and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think some characters have been shocked, but not Mia right now. And that's probably a dramatic decision. But, yeah, I mean, she just tore her own arm off. Because can we talk about that? That she's crawling under the jeep? Oh, man. And then, wow. like, the evil Mia, who's just a stick of a girl like like her, lifts up the Jeep and flips it on her, and she <laughs> she gets out of the way, except for her arm. With one hand, really. Oh, I mean. man. <laughs> that's, that's. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I mean, it really Cause she, is. Because she chops in, into evil Mia's leg, and yeah. you're like, oh, she's getting, she's scoring points. No. No. No, she ain't scoring points. Right. She's just getting started.
0: No. <laughs> it's just yep. a flesh wound. <laughs> Is that in this one? I think it was. It is now. <laughs> um, I made a list, and, and don't get me wrong. I think this movie is great. Oh. Yeah, I really do. I, I mean, oh, here it comes. But here's the things I missed, right? And this is just nostalgia, right? Milk. So <laughs> nah, I can do without the milk, but I do miss the white eyes. Uh, To me, that's just scarier for some reason uh, when they just go completely white with the eyes that they have and the way they stand. You really Uh, can't you can't differentiate between these people that are possessed any different than, you know, the zombies from the newer, you know walking, not walking dead, but day of the dead, that becomes kind of
1: like the normal look for anybody that's back from the dead, right? You know what scares you, and and I I get it, you know, like like a a blank um, pupil and iris is definitely a scary... Yeah,
0: and it goes back to Superman 3 again, when that woman gets pulled in that machine. Yeah. She comes out with those silver eyes and that just freaked me out. So there's something about not having anything there is scarier than any kind of form of Pupils, I get that. Uh, I miss the knife, the Kandarian knife.
1: Yeah, yeah, the the, uh, the with the spine. I can uh, see handle. why you leave
0: it out, but at the same time, it should at least be in a scene. Just even if it's art decoration on the wall or a picture of it, or you know, just because that's such a big part of it too.
1: I do like the Necronomicon not burning. That was a cool you know you yeah. have it in that yeah. trash can and you know, like cool, the fire's licking the sides of it but it's right. not burning that was cool right
0: and the last thing even though we just described how awesome the ending of this is i still do miss the incarnate of the evil coming out and it being a huge type beast yeah where it's the culmination of everything the souls are in it the the trees are in it remember the hands come through the windows and it's it's they're you know Branches off the off the trees and like the grither, yeah, right. So I kind of I kind of missed that. I see why they didn't do it because it gives you the frame of mind of, kind of how you talked about earlier. It's a personal battle. You could yeah. easily say this is a personal battle. So I kind of I kind of get it, but there's a part of me kind of misses it too. You know, sure, sure. That's all I, mean, I got. That's the only gripes I got.
1: Well, there's a reason to go back and watch the original Evil Dead. And not to to take your whole experience from this, but right, they were trying. I think they were going for a more on the ground, realistic feel. And Those big things maybe maybe detracted from it. I, to, to maybe get not the it, knife
0: to get it back to the to the original idea, and you know, and that's probably what the argument is. Oh, we were just trying to get back to the original. I recommend this to anybody that's a horror fan. I don't, I don't see how you haven't seen this one. I understand, you know. Seeing the originals because of the nostalgia, but if you have not watched this remake, you're missing a really good horror movie.
1: And, you know, one thing that I noticed when watching it, you know, if you're just, I, I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan, you yeah. know, so I could see, hey, this isn't Sam Raimi. Yeah, Evil Dead is Sam Raimi to me. Sure. If that's the way you feel, I respect that. But there are some scenes in there where, you can tell that it was a nod to Sam Raimi's filmmaking, you know? absolutely. And the one that jumps out to me is uh, David's girlfriend is, is crawling out of the trap door. The two top stairs break. She vaults herself using that third unbroken <laughs> stair onto the floor. And she feels like she's safe for a second, but I guess her feet are still hanging in the doorway and she gets dragged down. And it's just like a jump cut from her getting dragged down to the, the trapdoor shutting, and yep. it it was very Sam Raimi to me. You know yep. the, the the way that it was set up, the way that it was so quick. I, I just felt like it was a really good moment. That was a you know again another nod to the original filmmaker.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: one thing we didn't talk about is <laughs> how much abuse
0: that Eric goes through. <laughs> Man, that guy. Oh, I mean, you know, Bruce Campbell was tortured by Sam Raimi, of all people, during the making of these movies. But this guy, man, I mean, it's like anything is going to go bad.
1: He's going to get it. And and it's like everything goes for his eyes, too, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I guess because he's wearing glasses. So you got that whole false eyes thing with Whew. the going to the glasses and then, Oh, and it goes to the eyes too. Man. I mean, like he gets nail gunned. He gets <laughs> syringed. Um, He Figures has to knocked off. <laughs> he has to beat somebody to death with a toilet, man. That whole scene. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was messed up. The bathroom know. scene is, is about as intense as you're going to get. As per usual, you know, the, the whole thing is we expect, everybody to just watch the movie on a recommendation or not. Uh, I think we have in the past explained the whole plot of movies. That's that's a losing uh, proposition. We're always going to miss something. But yeah, yeah, I mean like it's brutal. It's in the vein of the original. It's well done. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) Because in this version,
0: Eric, AKA Scott walks in the bathroom and she's in there slicing and dicing on her face
1: yeah. In, the, in the
0: original, we get Scott walking in with a different haircut. <laughs> he walks in, he's got a haircut. He turns around, no haircut. And then his girlfriend jumps on his back, and then they rumble out in the front yard. Ooh, that's something else I missed the biting off of their own hand.
1: In, oh, in the, yeah, yeah, things you miss. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you can't have everything, or maybe you can't. <laughs>
0: But again it makes up for it. I mean that, that
1: fight scene in the bathroom is is nasty. Is nasty. Well, you know they, and they, they have a dog until yeah. Mia beats it to death with a hammer off right. camera. Yeah. That's so, messed up. Sure is. So
0: but yeah, so folks out there y- you can already tell we we love it. I mean it's not worth them to go, "Well, it's not as good as the original." I, I really as a standalone movie this thing is awesome. I would really put it up against really any newer horror movie that's come out in a while. Um, I just think it's that good. I think it's that it it moves well. It's, you know, it paced paced very well. Um, Even if you're not a fan or don't know anything about the original, you're going to walk away going, holy smokes, what did I just watch? And that's exactly what we got from the original first time we watched it. So,
1: what say you, Danny B? Man, I mean, I agree. I, I I love it. I think I saw it for the first time. You had it. Um, you, we watched it on a trip back from Texas, and um, yeah. and I'm glad that I rewatched it. And I was I was even happier that I watched it the third time. Stuff I missed the first couple of times. It's it's just a good horror movie, and and again, it it does a lot of the things that the original I think set out to do, right? Because they were involved, and because they had a lot of faith in the filmmakers. Right. How about the uh, the looking glass
0: necklace? And when it's laying on the ground, they tried to put the chain in the same design that Sam Raimi did in the original. It was supposed to look like a skull. I mean, yeah, just yeah. And, all
1: and those the, little was, things, you know. And wasn't it supposed to, in the original, like like the sun was supposed to refract through it and, and burn the <laughs> Necronomicon. The and everybody yeah. was like, yeah, that was a dumb That's- idea. But. <laughs> I think somebody, somebody said they had to go find that thing at a pawn shop. And they were like, it was so ugly. Yeah. And, they spray painted it. But they still threw it in there because they they gave it some significance and they threw it in there because, you know, they cared about the source material. Right. Right. So,
0: yeah. So there you go, folks. There's there's 2013's Evil Dead. If you haven't seen it, get off your butt, go check it out or sit on your butt and check it out. Yeah. Because because we haven't we get we getting busy in the
1: hood, y'all. And so so what is what does Brian Blessed think about it? Hey, that was pretty good. All right. <laughs> Hand me the remote control. I thought about that one, but that's usually <laughs> what he said we didn't like something. That's I, true. I think he'd probably like it. Yeah. I Drive! mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's.
0: Well, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us again. Let us know what you think. I mean, when you see this posted on Facebook or wherever, let us know what you think about this movie because if it, it would really interest us to kind of see where you stand on this one, because I can see a, the love hate thing, but I think sure. if you if you really look at this, it's one of the better remakes or retellings that that I know of, and I'm talking about a movie that I care a lot about. Yeah, and that's that's hard to say. So, and I really think it holds up.
1: Again, ten years separated, and it still is like woof. It gets the horror right. I mean, like yeah. there there are some legitimately disturbing scenes, and they aren't overdone. the The effects are are solid. Yeah, it's not like uh, Freddy versus Jason with a bunch of fake blood that's digitally made. You it's know, not like, fake y'all. It's all it, real. <laughs> those things are those things are fun, you know. But but like this doesn't get pigeonholed. This doesn't get captured in a moment in time. You know, like it it still holds today as as a legitimately frightening remake. Right. Absolutely. Well,
0: I think that's going to be it for this episode. Like we said, it's just kind of wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, as far as cranking these out. But it's a chance for us to get together, talk about these movies, hopefully get you to check these movies out again, spend time with them, and realize what a gem they are and what joy or grief they can bring to your life. <laughs> That that's that's a that's a whole lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. It's stuff, yeah. you know. So joy, hate, all that. Yeah. You got you can't yin
1: was searching for his yang, you know. But we are super glad to have you along. Uh and and again, it's uh we bring them to you because we love them and we love you because you listen. So right. hopefully we can bring some of this joy through the radio waves, <laughs> and you can uh you can learn some new joy in your life too.
0: All right, man. That's all I got. You got anything
1: else? No, no. Just uh, have a great, happy Halloween, happy October, everybody. Right. Be careful out there in the hood. We'll see you
0: later. Ring. I'd hit the sound there, but I don't have it. Yeah. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> oh.